0: Welcome to Blaze It's Monday, thirteenth of January. My name is Ben. I've joined, as always, by Andrew. How you doing, Paul? I'm excellent, mate. How about you? Very good. Yeah, pretty uh, a, a pretty good twenty-four hours of Sophie and I. A pretty good weekend all around football-wise, I suppose. And mm. uh, yeah, although a, a, a little bit of a delay in terms of um, talking about the game, but actually. I think having a couple of days to think about it and then uh, relive it again today is, uh, is pretty enjoyable, I reckon. How about you?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I obviously we didn't do it early because I've been away for the weekend, but it's amazing how much a result can change sort of how you feel, even like, you know, if you're going away, if you if I were like going away after we'd lost 1-0 to West Ham, you're on a bit of a downer straight away, but mm. I don't know, like, I mean, I, I only went to Nottingham, It we weren't like a big weekend away or anything, but we were, we're Nottingham for the weekend and, just seeing all Forest fans and stuff like that, and you're just like lording it over them, like just subconsciously, you know, smugly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Forest had a strange result this weekend, and not it? It's good. Yeah, 97th
1: minute, weren't it? Yeah. I think they scored in the ninety six,
0: and then scored an own goal in the 97th, so unlucky for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're obviously going to talk about United's win over West Ham in quite a lot of detail because, uh, surprisingly, like, I think when I watched the highlights back, I was like, oh, actually, it's a better game than I thought. Yeah. Um, more, more chances and shots and action and stuff. But I think first, um, in in sort of chronological order, I got to the pub on Friday. You'd message me, Chris Wilder, Alan Nil, new contracts, summer of twenty twenty four, and uh, with an option of a fifth year, I believe as well. Um, fantastic news! Did you? I mean, did you, did that come out the blue for you as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. My mate messaged me. I were at work actually. My mate messaged me, and um, and and, and, I, and I got and I like better double-check this before I start getting a bit excited. And then, uh, obviously, yeah, incredible. I mean, it it was out of nowhere. There were no rumours about it or anything. I mean, you sort of thought he'd probably get a new contract, Hmm. obviously, at some point, but... At the same time, it, there were no sort of murmurings or anything. There were nothing about like the princes in town or whatever, you know. So yeah, it's amazing news, isn't it?
0: It is. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it, it's been brought up a few times, hasn't it, in, uh, in press conferences? But I, mm. I didn't really get a sense that um, while there was particularly like publicly angling for one, as he as he sort of has done a couple of times in the past. Yeah. This felt more, and I'm going back a month or so here, but it felt more like the. The media we're, we're looking at um, Dean Smith and Graham Potter getting longer contracts, and, um, yeah. and, and kind of using that as an excuse to bring it up. But um, yeah, I think uh, I mean obviously it's fantastic news in terms of retaining uh, both him and Neil. But it, it also it also says everything's rosy behind the scenes as well, doesn't it? I mean. Obviously, yeah. the conditions that he's going to be working under are very much to his liking in terms of, uh, you know, the budget that's available, the plans for the club, the working relationship with, you know, the board, the owner, everything. So, yeah, great uh, a great bit of news. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully he sees that contract out and uh, and gets another one on top of it, I
1: think. That's the thing. I mean, some people were saying it do not mean anything, you know, it's, it's contracts are nothing. It's not about that for me. It's about the fact he wouldn't have signed it at all if he wasn't happy with what's going on behind the scenes. So yeah. that was the most important thing. And the Prince did an interview uh, before, I think it was before the game, weren't it? Yeah. Uh, um, and I thought that was an amazing interview. Uh, just really realistic. None of the, none of the sort of... I don't know, Europe in five years talk or saying we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It was, you know, really sort of down to earth, grounded. And yeah, I thought it was a really, really good interview from him and obviously great news in terms of Wilder and Nil.
0: Yeah, it is a great interview. I just watched that this morning. I do urge anyone to go and, uh, go and watch it if they've not yet. It's with, uh, with Carragher and Neville. Um, <laughs> I think it's on Sky Sports' website. I watched it, but maybe it's on their YouTube as well. But yeah, you're right. It's... Um... It just—I uh, said this two separately, but the thing I like most is uh, Prince Abdullah. So, like, it's as though he's saying the most obvious things in the world, isn't it? He looks almost like bored to be asked about. Yeah. Like, well, of course we want to keep Chris wild Of course we want to make everything you know ideal for him. Of course we want to try and progress the club on. But yeah, as you say, without going all over the top. I mean. He, it makes a good joke about the uh, the aim for the club to be the uh, mm. the better United in the country. Yeah, yeah, which, uh, yeah. That's a pretty good aim, I suppose. But um, yeah, yeah.
1: Carragher said uh, it's not really hard at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that was uh, a, a good tap in for him. But yeah, uh, just uh, a, a nice bit of news. I think we're with, with you know it's good of the club to you know make as big a deal out of uh, Neil getting that the same extension as well because yeah they're very much. Uh, very much a package those two, and yeah, we just need to um, need to tie down Matt Prestridge now as well, <laughs> the uh, the fitness guru, because um, yeah, he's uh, he's certainly doing a lot of great work behind the scenes as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's only only Wolves have had more um, players play every single game this season uh, than we yeah. have, and we'd be level
1: with that if it wasn't for Henderson not being able to play against. Man United. So yeah, I don't think we look at this enough as as fans because no. you look at Newcastle's injuries list and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, obviously the uh, well publicised one um, is reminds me blank. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Norwich obviously had loads of injuries earlier in the season. Uh, Villa obviously suffering from injuries and all this sort of stuff as well. So. Uh, yeah, I, ju- I just think we need to sort of realise that how that's not a fluke that we're not getting injured. Because this has been going on for like three seasons now, hasn't it, pretty much. But we've had no... The only big injuries we've had have been leg breaks or whatever, like with coots and stuff yeah, like that. We haven't had injuries a lot at all.
0: It's uh, Exactly. While well, the said, actually, like contact injuries, you, you almost can't do anything about it. So, like the coots one, but you, you can do stuff that actually does mitigate the... Mm. I guess the strain type injuries and you know yeah. make sure you recover properly and stuff and yeah as you say it's been going on for a few years and you know eventually you have to say that all right we've been a bit lucky in terms of not having any serious contact injuries but yeah everything else is down to um, preparation recovery etc sports science uh, magic I suppose it's pretty good um, so yeah yeah that, that was yeah. that uh, nice uh, nice start to the Friday evening um, as you say I didn't I really have an inkling that that was um, in the works, particularly, um, but
1: yes, yeah, it made me up. more confident. I've got to admit as well. I mean, obviously, I think this game, uh, with it being sandwiched in between the the really tough games before and after Liverpool, Man City, then Arsenal, Man City. Mm. I think a lot of people did put a lot of, a lot more emphasis than I did to be completely honest. You'll say this is a massive game we must win, and I do see that because we could have easily been looking at five, mm. you know, five games without a win, maybe even five losses in a row if if West Ham would have beat us. Yeah, and I think that gave us that little bit of a boost, like certainly as fans to. Uh, I, I was more confident. So, I was a little bit nervous just before thinking, not necessarily about our overall, you know, what, what's going to happen like, for the rest of the season, more to do with how much we would panic as a, as a fan base, which yeah. we are prone to do, and I, and I include myself in that as well, um, which we are prone to do. If you lose five in a row or whatever in the Premier League, then, yeah, people are going to start asking questions. So, Really, really big game. Um, despite the fact I don't think it was a, a must-win or anything like that, I just thought it was a big game.
0: Yeah, it's kind of narratively a big game, wasn't it? I think. Mm, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I know. I, I was a bit. I, I don't know if I just had my uh, head in the sand a little bit, but I was. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised by the amount of people who were, you know, really thinking like this is a. We really, really need to get something out of this West Ham game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was listening to uh, Four Blades in the Pub on the way down to. On the way down to the match, and yeah,
1: that yeah. came up on that. And I was
0: like, oh, yeah, I guess so, but yeah. I got,
1: I got the, I got the overall feeling, like I was reading stuff on Twitter and forums and stuff, and I get it. You, it's hard to once you go into that downward spiral. Of, I, although the games are hard, like obviously the Man City Liverpool and all that, yeah. People are still, you know, the TV, like you say, the narrative is: "Sure, oh, Sheffield United have lost five in a row now, or they aren't in five, And it puts a different, especially with like with the media's constant and stuff. That's all you'd be hearing all the time. Sheffield United had a great start, but now they're, you know, they aren't in five and all this. So it was a big game, um, but I, I still think it was a big game for West Ham than us.
0: Yeah, indeed. With uh, with some of their fixtures coming up as well, which I think we talked about yeah. uh, last time. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I completely didn't realise they haven't played Liverpool at all yet, and they play them twice in a week at the end this month so uh yeah. In, <laughs> indeed interesting times ahead for them I think so yes let's uh let, let's use we've already started talk about it but let's use this as a, a segue point into the West Ham game um a 1-0 win for United Ollie McBurney with the only goal of the game although it doesn't tell the full story of that one but I guess as an overall kind of starting point uh, deserved win for us would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we just shaded it. I think I don't think we're a great game. I thought the first half, to be honest, was pretty dull as a spectacle, I've got to admit. Mm. I imagine that the the neutral fans who had seen us against Man U would be looking at and thinking, oh, these are an exciting team. Well, oh, this is a bit mm. <laughs> Yeah, this is a bit dull. I don't think I think they snuffed us out really well. I think you've got to give credit to West Ham in that sense. I thought they closed us down well. Particularly on Norwood, who obviously dictates our play, I thought they really got tight on him and closed him down and didn't give him any sort of space to do what he does. Uh, but I thought we were a little bit sluggish, not necessarily in a tired sense, just that everything was we a little bit laboured and a little bit slow. And, um, and but again, I think you do have to give credit to West Ham. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's just all one-sided. I don't, I, I don't, you know, everyone says like about the off day and all this sort of stuff. I don't think it is. It's not as clear-cut as that. So I do think first off, it was just a bit of a there yeah, sort of game. West Ham possibly shaded it, but I think second half we were far better.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think I messaged you at half-time actually saying we were sleepwalking <laughs> to a loss because it just felt like they were picking up every second ball. and we just, did. We just didn't have any real control. We had a few chances, mainly from set pieces, actually. but um,
1: Well, this is the thing. Although I thought West Ham were the better side, we arguably had the better chances. I think they only mm. had that Anderson chance, didn't they, really, in the in the first half that I can remember.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was pretty much their only shot to be honest. And up then
1: we room. had that Egan header which you know expect, you expect that could have go in another day and then the Lundstrom shot which I was convinced were going in. <laughs>
0: yeah indeed. Um, yeah it's interesting to say about Norwood yeah only uh, only 47 passes completed from him which is mm. pretty, pretty low. I mean it's still the most for United but yeah that's that is quite a quite a switch from what we normally see. Um yeah, very I mean you said about the game being pretty dull I suppose not a single shot on target from either team mm. in the first half and yeah just just nine shots total in that half from both teams combined as well but yeah I think we uh, we did pick it up in the second half ultimately uh, a very deserved win for us I think um 13 shots to 7 mm. four big chances to two uh, expected goals 2.14 to united 0.86 to West Ham, which is is pretty dominant, to be honest. Um, this is
1: why I don't understand David Moyes after the match because yeah. every every single statistic suggests that we shaded it at, at, at least shaded it, and then he came out after us and said, um, not only were you unhappy to draw, we, we think we we're really unlucky not to win. And you're like, what are you? What have you watched? What have you just? Whether it's just a bit of bitterness after what happened, I really. Warnock used to say silly things like that after a match, but. I don't know. I'd be a bit worried, West Ham fan, if he actually does think that they deserve to win that match.
0: I don't know how he could stand there and say that. To be honest, I, I was really—I I only saw it much later, <clears> but <throat> I was—I was really stunned by yeah, because he said. Um, I think the, the interview opened by saying like, you know, something like you must have a devastated dressing room or something like that. And he was like, no, 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 we're all really pleased with with how with the performance today.
1: Really, you know. Yeah, this shots. is, I think, I don't know if I messaged you, I don't know if it was someone else's message, and I, I said, like, I'm really, really glad Wilder's not like that, I'm really yeah. glad that when we lose, Wilder comes out and says, yeah, that were a bit rubbish. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and in fact, Wilder said pretty much that after this game, didn't he, so exactly, we, weren't, yeah. we weren't at yeah. our best at all, and um, yeah, we, we weren't, and we still got the win, and we're on to 32 points now, and yeah. Mental.
1: And know. that's another thing I think we're overlooking as well, I mean... To be on thirty-two points in January, I mean, we were saying at the beginning of the season you probably need thirty-nine to stay up. Mm. It's January; we're on thirty-two.
0: Yeah, and uh, one more win, and we have more points than all three of the relegated teams from last season. So, yeah, wow. I've got news for you, folks. We're not getting relegated this season. we definitely. I d- you can't relegated. say that. You shouldn't right. have
1: said that. This is where you, you ran me, of Keith <laughs> Edwards, when he's uh, doing radio Sheffield. And he says oh no no danger here they're not gonna and it's a goal for NK dons i always remember that one. <laughs> oh
0: dear well i was looking at the um sporting index point spread thing uh yeah yesterday so they, they basically you you pick the over under on um how many points you think um a team is going to get and they had us at the projected to get 33 points at the start of the season so that, that was where the betting market thought we would get essentially yeah. so we've almost overtaken that already they now have us on 51 points for the full season, which which would put us in ninth based on everyone else's points yeah. projections as well. So an incredible rise. But, yeah, the, the betting markets are basically saying uh, we're going to finish comf- not only comfortably mid-table, but probably top half as well. And, all right, they were, they were completely wrong at the start of the season, but they, so, now, they now have some <coughs> actual evidence to base that on. So, yeah, looking good, I think. Um Right. It was the biggest
1: ever collapse in football ever, I think, if we somehow didn't win from now till the end of the season.
0: Well I mean, yeah, we pretty much would take that one we I mean if we win if we win two more games we'll almost certainly stay up, I think. How many we played now? Twenty two, I think.
1: Yeah, but the thing is obviously we were talking last week about everyone saying you need forty fifty points to stay up and, and I think this weekend shown that Highly unlikely that, you know, you're going to need any more than usual or not much more than usual for me anyway. I don't see it being 42 or anything like that.
0: No, I'd be surprised if it is more than 40 at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we just, uh, so what, we lost two games in a row and I think we've actually extended our lead over the bottom three. We're 11 points clear now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, with,
0: with, that, with that win,
1: obviously. But yeah, I mean, it's but, just... But with a massive goal difference, obviously, because Villa got absolutely battered yesterday as well, so... Yeah,
0: it's just what we talked about, it not it? You know, these teams have to play each other. Watford played Bournemouth yesterday. Uh, I think uh, West Ham played Bournemouth a couple of weeks ago as well. And yeah, they just... They can't all get points, but yeah. Yeah, I, and
1: I think next... Day, I think it's Norwich-Bournemouth on uh, next Saturday. And I, I think Villa's got... Brighton or something they've got someone around there anyway they're all like sort of playing each other again so this is what I was saying last week that they can't all win you know everyone's like saying oh they're on a good run they could win but they're all playing each other so
0: indeed no, I'm uh, I'm certainly looking more at the teams around us uh, and thinking, oh, yeah, there's drop points this weekend. And uh,
1: so I'm finding it fun. more exciting. I've got to admit, I really enjoyed the Watford Bournemouth sort of game yesterday. Thinking, oh, this is interesting. You know, and it's mm. weird not to be involved in it. So, like for instance, next week you've got Brighton Villa, and I'll be like, oh, that's a really interesting. And not in a, oh god, I hope they drop points. Or what's the best result for us? I'm not really looking at it like that anymore. I'm looking at it as a almost like we're still in the Championship, looking at a, you know a <laughs> good relegation battle.
0: Very nice, yeah. I know what you mean. I had a similar thing watching that game yesterday actually. Bournemouth Watford, just uh, I, th- I think, uh, I think a few months ago I've been like, oh, I'm, I'm annoyed how
1: good Watford looked, but now it's mm. like, eh, well, fair play to Watford. And we played uh, them twice and they did look good yesterday. I've been impressed with them pretty much every time I've seen them, to be honest. So, yeah, strangely, uh,
0: they just had a really strange start to the season, I think. Anyway, back to West Ham, so um. Yeah, when I saw the team lineup I was slightly uh slightly pleased for for West Ham that is, um, because one Robert Snodgrass was not starting and we're definitely going to talk about him in uh, in depth later yeah. on. Uh, Zabaleta playing at right back as well uh, with Fredericks injured, so that was that was quite nice to see. Yeah. No, Mikhail Antonio, who is uh, also injured, and yeah, major major threat player. I, you know, he's he's definitely in the category of players I would uh, love to see play for United. To be honest, yeah,
1: so. I think he, he would have made a big difference yesterday, especially with. I mean, obviously, we'll come on to it. We defended quite poorly in certain circumstances, and mm. I think he could have maybe exploited. That.
0: yeah absolutely so yeah not uh you know i wasn't yeah i was i was quite pleased i think seeing that west Ham lineup uh, for united uh a semi-surprise with McBurney starting over um over Musa. but you know i sort of, sort of figured he, he probably earned that to be honest he seems to be mm-hmm. improving almost game by game and uh yeah i was uh not disappointed to see that and uh yeah you just figured Musa comes on for a, a half hour burst off the bench it was Probably made sense as well. Um, mm. I guess to the sort of events of the game, one of the first things that happened, Fabianski goes off injured, which probably was a big deal, I think. Um, it it, it yeah. would probably be a bigger deal for West Ham's whole season as opposed to just this one game if he's if he's seriously injured. Have you seen anything
1: about well, that? They're signing right Randolph, aren't they, which is obviously a decent uh, decent backup, I think.
0: Hmm they are yeah uh, but Fabianski is like I think he is genuinely one of the best goalkeepers in the yeah. Premier League like the t- you know, top four or five goalkeepers and yeah, uh, yeah. bit of a drop off so he goes off injured having just returned from uh, from injury himself um, yeah you mentioned earlier you know that Egan header from a corner was our first proper chance which um, it was actually a really high percentage chance it was uh, 0.55 mm. xG so a pretty poor finish for him you know he's I don't feel like he was particularly challenged and somehow heads it over the bar. Do you know what? We, we're not good from set-pieces this season. Do you know where we rank in the league in terms of no, set piece goals? No, I keep
1: seeing this come up when I'm watching other games about like the top, and obviously we're not even in the top seven or eight or whatever it is at the show Yeah,
0: We are 19th on wow. uh, goal scored from set-pieces. I think only Norwich have scored fewer goals than us. I think we've only scored one or two. I'll just bring that up while we're talking. But it's strange because I... Oh, we were good last season. Um, mm. Although, actually, to be honest, I'm pretty sure as you know, about this kind of stage last season, we were very much a, a lower mid-table team for set-piece goals, and then it, it sort of really improved in the second half of the season. So, yeah, maybe maybe it will here. I mean, I guess the thing is. Um, we were very crafty with some of our kind of blocking techniques last season. I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're pieces. not get away
1: with it now, yeah.
0: Not so much. So maybe we've had to kind of adapt what we're doing. But then we have our chances, have not we? I mean, you know, just this that.
1: is it. I mean, that, that head run, you know, uh, against West Ham, that that another day that goes in, doesn't it? So I mean, I don't yeah. think the deliveries have been necessarily that poor. Obviously, some of them have, but I don't look at it and think we need a better corner taker or a better. Front. I still think Norwood's free kicks and whatever are really good. It's just. Yeah. For whatever reason, we're not getting on the end of it or not taking his chances when it when it comes to us.
0: Yeah, so this may, uh, you know, this may kind of uh, even out, I suppose, as the season goes on. But yeah, just two goals from uh, set pieces. Uh, sorry, it's Watford, who have scored the only team that have scored uh, a lower amount than that. Bournemouth got ten set piece goals. There's no real like, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a great correlation between league position and number of set piece goals you score. No. Actually. Bournemouth the top, then it's Arsenal, Newcastle, Liverpool, Wolves, Southampton, Villa so uh, it's just all over isn't it yeah. yeah so I don't know maybe that'll even out. but anyway it was a good chance for Egan he had it over um, Lundstrom had that close range volley you mentioned which also came from a, from a set piece from a free kick um, I thought he was going to score that, to be honest, it was blocked. I think
1: Lundstrom did, I think he cheered, <laughs> 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 pretty much when he hit it, to be honest, but yeah, uh, but, yeah I thought that was it, now we're all jumping up, like, that's it, oh. and then obviously the keeper didn't even make a save when you look back at it.
0: Yeah, it was a block just in front of him, wasn't it? It's, uh, it's... I thought
1: the keeper had saved it at
0: first, but... Mm. Yeah, David Martin was the goalkeeper who uh, he came on for Fabianski, not his... Uh, not... Mm hugely busy game although uh, he certainly had some decisive contributions one way like,
1: on David Martin I, I know he's like obviously played the majority of his career at lower league and stuff but like the commentators and, and fans this is not just from this game but like games he's played before they t- to talk about him like he's about a 16 year old kid yeah <laughs> saying, oh, poor old David Martin you know poor David Martin he's coming and he's not you know, it's his big game and it's his big chance at his beloved. It's like he's thirty-three year old or whatever. He is. He's not. He's not like wish, a youngster.
0: I don't know if I'd just completely miss this one, but because uh, he made his debut at Chelsea, didn't he? And uh, that's right.
1: Yeah, and there was like this big thing at the end where he got hugged and stuff. And yeah, it's a good yeah. story. Obviously, you you playing for the the team you love, but people are like, talking about him like he's some sort of naive. 15-year-old kid in goal.
0: Well, exactly that. I thought he was like 20 or something and then, as you say, you look, it's like, oh, he's 33, what's going on here? It's, yeah. I think it's probably because his dad used to play for West Ham in it. So it's, yeah, it's I understand it's a bit like, like, the,
1: say, the romanticism of the, the Chelsea thing, but after that, you're like, he's a real goalkeeper. He's not, <laughs> <laughs> not a competition when they just keep putting in. No, indeed.
0: Um, and he actually uh, inadvertently almost set up the probably the best chance of the half, uh, mm. which was a, mm. a long clearance that ended in Anderson having a one-on-one and Oh Lord, what a bad goal this would have been! And yeah. I, I've got to say, Egan, uh, I, I think this is probably his worst game for us. I there completely was, agree. I think there was three times where I was just like, "What on earth have you done there?" And yeah, this this was the first of them. So it's just it's just a hoof from Martin inside his own six yard box, and it's it's an unchallenged header from Egan, and he just I don't know he just I don't know if it catches in the wind or if he just completely misreads it, but he it essentially completely miscues this header and uh, it mm. runs to Anderson, it runs in on goal and um, poor finish, puts it wide. I, I don't know, yeah, don't know what else to say about the finish. Massive. Well, I, I
1: think that's happened a few times, hasn't it, that ball over the top and I can't understand why because that's not anything to do with premiership quality. Yeah. That's just a simple, you know, any non-league could. I mean, even against Firth, I'm to get it wrong again, flied. Filed. 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 <laughs> filed yeah. Sorry, not flyed, Filed. Always get it wrong. Um, even against them, they were that one ball over the top where their men went True. through and best got to make that tackle. I don't know what's going on with that. I really don't because it never happened last season.
0: No. And, you know, defenders are good in the air and there's three of them, so should be able to Yeah, and I, I, I know
1: that the pace of players up front, obviously, in the Premier League, but I don't think it's anything to do with that. It's just, I don't know, it's happened four or five times. Obviously, against Liverpool, it happened when... Uh, the uh, the home fixture when uh, I think it was morning, mm. that at the post or whatever uh,
0: Watford goal I, Newcastle second both from the same sort of thing
1: yeah this is it just a ball over the top and I can't work I really can't work out whether it's just lack of organisation or we're just pushing up too too high or we're trying to be too sort of attacking and pushing mm. up and I don't know but Probably something we have to look at that because we are gonna get caught out uh, a, a couple of times if we continues to let that happen.
0: Yeah, I mean I guess you could say with his eager one, it's just a straight up error, isn't it? It's not like
1: mm-hmm. lack
0: of defensive organisation or anything like that. It. It's just like he basically just completely balls up the header and it ends up with Anderson. I mean obviously
1: the Watford goals were exactly the same, aren't they? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Um I, I just I just assumed Anderson was gonna score this. I, I think yeah. I think not only is it a great chance but it does I don't know. I feel. I feel like the last few home games, uh, we've just been the opposition have just scored from their first chance. And yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, my brother said like, you know, he didn't, he didn't even bother getting up, my brother, to like see where the ball actually ended up because he just thought it was, you know, just slipped into the corner of the net. And yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, oh wait. Yeah. I
1: thought they were one of their better players, Anderson, but that were pretty poor. Uh, yeah,
0: to... it's it's quality. I mean, yeah, my, my dad was saying that after he was like, oh, that Anderson's really good, and he's like, well, know, yeah, they spent forty five million on him. <laughs> Well, yeah. well ought to be, really, shouldn't he? Yeah. But yeah, he is good, to be fair. Uh, but a big miss by him. Um, I think that was the last uh, last meaningful chance of a fairly dull first half, as you said. Uh,
1: there were one ball in from Lundström, weren't they? What, but Bernie didn't get on the end of. Um, That's right, yeah. But, you know, it was a good ball, to be fair, from Lundström. Uh, just slightly too far in front, but it was pretty much out of nowhere. But that were it. And then, like you say, you were going in at half-time thinking... <sighs> bit dull, really, that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, got to step this up a bit was uh, definitely what I was thinking. I mean,
1: obviously, you didn't see the Villa game, did you? Uh, No, I only saw the highlights. You were very, very similar to that in the first Mm. half of nothing really happening. That were actually probably more exciting than the Villa game first half. And I did get that feeling that if we didn't step this up, we were going to lose. But at the same time, you think, I can't see why they're letting them get away with that for another half, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of encouraging that we have generally picked it up in second halves, when we've particularly at home when we've been poor. Yeah. Um, well,
1: last season, if you remember, in the early part of last season, we used to start off like an house on fire, and it were the second halves that used to... Because I remember all that argument about, oh, we're running out of steam. Is that what's happening? This season, it's been pretty different. I think, on the whole, like the second half has been better than the first.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, so, into the second half, we definitely did step it up. Uh, first sort of proper chance. Fleck had that kind of double shot, didn't he? Where it's um, yeah, nice bit of play by us down the right. Uh, as soon as it got to Norwood in that uh, you know the Norwood spot where all good things happen, <laughs> yeah. uh, He whips it and gets close to Fleck, who hits a left-footed shot, which gets blocked by two defenders, and the goalkeeper dives and he hits the hits the rebound straight away and fizzes just a,
1: a foot or so wide. Um, so I'm like, if you see that from like flex view it looks so close it's, yeah. it's I mean at the time I think oh it's just gone wide by a, a fair amount but walking back it's really really close I mean obviously it's just an instinct and he just like snatches it, it a little bit but
0: it's not easy that is it no it's if not it, no. you know and you can say well you just have to hit the target but there's defenders in the way and stuff and you can't just like roll it down the middle of the goal can you so no no yeah it's a good effort um mcburney had a free header from a corner not long after this um which again was quite a high percentage chance we should have but... done better
1: with that to be fair
0: yeah it was weird though this is why when we talk about set pieces you know we have, we do have chances we are just not finishing oh. them uh, it was almost like he got under it i don't know it's strange um, good delivery from Norwood I thought, you know. as
1: it was going in, I thought goal because yeah. it was sort of perfect because it was going straight to McBurn and he's not. it wasn't unmarked as such, but he obviously quite clearly had the uh, the run on the on the centre half, and I thought, well, this is a the goal, then it went miles over. <laughs> <laughs> well, Indeed. that obviously came to the goal after, didn't it? With that header that led to the goal kick. That but... was it. I, yeah, I, I it was I'm that header. That
0: yeah, because yeah, I I don't know. I, I I've sort of, I, so yeah, the goal. we talked about that now. I, I kind of missed how this unfolded. I think I was just not really paying attention to what the goalkeeper was doing. Mm. Um, and then suddenly it's like, oh, there's a loose ball and flex on it. But yeah, he, he, so Martin like, tries to pass it out to, uh, I think it's Balbuena. Is it Balbuena? Have I got that right? Is it Falbuena or Balbuena? Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't yeah, uh, yeah. ask me about Balbuena. There we go. Does I thought it was so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was Balbuena. Um, so he passes it out to him. And it, it's quite a. It's quite. Where do you put the blame here, goalkeeper or defender?
1: I really don't know. It's it's bad from both. They obviously have complete lack of communication. Yeah. I don't know why the goal is doing that unless he's completely sure. I mean, if you look at it, my my friend sent me a, a, a screenshot as when the goal kick's being taken, and Fleck is sort of anticipating what's going to happen there, mm. whereas their player's not even looking at play. So I do think you probably have to blame the goalie, unless the, unless the defender shouted. You know, pass it to me then yeah. I don't know why he's doing that I really really don't know why he's doing it
0: so they, they did this a few times I noticed this um, in the first off they were sort of uh, almost feigning to kind of take the goal kick long and then someone would just drop off <laughs> and they'd play it short and we, we were wise to it every time pretty much so yeah. yeah. a couple of times we were a little bit slow to press it you could see Lundstrom sort of go like oh crap I'm supposed to be on this guy but we were definitely wise to it. And, yeah, I think you made a really good point there about anticipation. I mean, the fact that we have two players in on goal, essentially, from this, and no defenders around, just the guy who, who this was in it. That's
1: what we're in believe. When Fleck got it, and then I saw him at Burnie and I was like, where are we, Stan? Mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, that is. It's. Yeah, that's. That is risky, isn't it? If you're just having one guy drop and then you yeah. assuming he doesn't make a mistake, you know, you assume the goalkeeper makes a good pass and he controls it, but even if he controls it, he's going to turn and have Fleck in his face essentially. But yeah, a lot of credit to Fleck. He first uh, to the ball. He nips around the defender. Very nice, though. Underrated. Um, yeah, underrated definitely. bit of play, and then puts it on a plate for uh, for McBurney and What a finish! <laughs> what a finish! <laughs> Uh, yeah, puts on a play. I thought
1: he missed. I didn't even get up. I'm not even. I'm not joking. I, I didn't even not. stand up because I thought. Well, not stand up. I didn't even cheer. Should I say? Because I thought he saved that. I don't know why just, the way the ball went. I thought it was going wide, and I was like, ah. Oh, but then obviously it went in. So, and yeah. I think McBurney afterwards uh, did say I did my best to miss it. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I was sort of right behind the angle of the shot. <clears throat> I, I couldn't quite believe what I'd just seen for like mm-hmm. a half second. Um, so he essentially just slides it straight into the goalkeeper's body but fortunately it kind of bounces underneath him and up into the net and it was funny, about about four people, around. I don't know why they turned to me, but genuinely three or four people turned to me, It was like, lucky, my <laughs> I was thinking, uh, ra- rather be lucky than good sometimes, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, that's one, that's, that would have been a, McGoldrick would have, uh, it would have hit it into the goalkeeper, and it would have been parried onto one post and onto the other yeah, post, McGoldrick and McGoldrick then...
1: would have probably done a, a really good shot, the keeper pulled off a magnificent save from, so...
0: Yeah, I know, so we'll take it, it ends up in the back of the net, and... Yeah, as you say, it's good effort from him and Fleck to be there, and yeah, it was a, it was a very easy chance that he made look more difficult than it was, but mm. ends up in the bag. And that. so that's four goals, I think, from
1: McBurney now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just Two in that. those last three as well, I think that's right.
0: I only know how many goals he's scored from um, that Brighton fan that keeps going on the United forum to talk about Neil Mulpay yeah. and how many goals yeah. he scored for them, which he's, he doesn't seem to have appeared for a few weeks. Very strange.
1: That's that's so unusual, that isn't it? I don't think Mopay has scored, has he for? for for a month or so now, so like uh, but that. yeah, I think that uh, that's his second goal in three starts as well, which is obviously a decent return in, in terms of form. So absolutely, and uh, yeah, I want to uh, I want to
0: spend a bit of time talking about his overall game uh, at the end of this. Actually, um, uh, we had a, a decent chance on the counter uh, ball that got forward. Uh, Musa had come on at this point from Goldrick, um, and this was uh, I thought
1: that made a massive difference. Musa yeah. coming on.
0: I think so as well and, and this was the first example of it I mean we got the ball in our left back spot and he's Moussa sort of 15 yards inside our half and you know with a defender well in front of him and everyone you know, the whole crowd's like play it play that, it play it. you know that. he's gonna get I it I love
1: that we were in the left back spot but because we all know how fast he is we we're like pass it <laughs>
0: yeah but it is <laughs> but all you have to like do Through is, on goal yeah just basically just slide it down the line and you know he's gonna get it and yeah, it's a good bit of work to play it to Lundstrom. And then I really thought Lundstrom should have shot, actually, like, or just you know, kind of dummied the pass. I thought they defended really well. ball from
1: Lundstrom, to be fair. I thought that. I thought he didn't get anywhere enough on it. for. But he didn't really give Ball that much of a chance, did he?
0: No, and it ends up getting blocked uh, out for a corner, I think. Um, then a bit of a turning point. Uh, we mentioned him earlier. Oh, Robert no, Snodgrass is. comes on. Oh, dear me. I was so glad when he was not in the team. And then he comes on.
1: (laughs) I I can't believe how well he played again.
0: (laughs) uh, Do you know, I looked this up early just to make sure I'm not talking absolute nonsense. But um, he's played four games against United in his career. Two goals, two assists and... Well, he almost had a, another assist and another goal in this one. Um,
1: Immediately from the, the free kick, weren't it? Um, literally his
0: first touch. Fizzes yeah. in a ridiculous free kick, which uh, I'm not sure he finished, but he was offside by half a body. Um, yeah. Right decision. I mean, he just. He always looks like a hybrid of Messi and Ronaldo against us. I don't understand it. I know it's a bit of a. I know, the, the, you know it's a bit of a cliche. It's like, oh, he always does well against us. But Snodgrass genuinely does, and and you know from what I see from West Ham fans, most of them aren't don't think he's that good.
1: His free kicks were inc- the best free kicks yeah. I've seen from anyone this season in that in that game. I think there were like three or four of them from deep that just caused absolute havoc. Just because the, the flight of them were amazing, they were yeah. really really good free kicks and. Yeah, I don't hate him, but I hate him when he plays against us.
0: Yeah, you're right. there's free kicks because so they were not um, the majority of them were not in like a dangerous position. No, they were, like, practically on the halfway line, mm. and he just fizzes in these phenomenal left-footed free kicks. And yeah, there was uh, there was that one that was disallowed. There was another header uh, later on from Haller as well. And I think they had an, um, another one where they it looked like they were going to get on it, and they, they fouled Egan or McBurnie. I think it was who were defending yeah. it. I don't understand it. The Robert Snodgrass, who do, um, yeah, is it he just looks phenomenal every time he plays against us, and uh, obviously had a very uh, decisive moment later in the game. Um, we had a great chance to kill this one off, and Musay at a one-on-one. Uh, nice bit of play here. Good ball by Fleck, and McBurney dummies it. And... Yeah,
1: good I love that dummy. I didn't, I didn't realise that when I first saw it. And then mm. when I was watching back at the highlights, I realised how good that dummy was actually for McBurney.
0: Yeah, Musay runs in, and uh, Martin makes a really good save with his foot. Uh, first shot on target from Musay that has been saved this season. that's After I tweeted about it on uh, on Friday that he'd scored from every single shot on target. So uh, yeah, sorry about that one. <laughs> But, um, (laughs) yeah, I thought that was... Just because it just seems so deadly in front of goal, I really thought that was going to be end of game, but unfortunately not a good save. Um, Henderson made a good save from a... In fact, you know, I think this is a better save now than I thought at the time, but the save from the Lanzini free kick... um, Yeah. Because at the time, uh, I was like, you know, pretty pretty standard save, you know, Mm -hmm. did well to get across to it. But then I watched it again, and... I think Lanzini's reaction is quite revealing. He absolutely thinks he scored. He's like he's already off towards the West Ham fans like, yeah, after he's yeah. kicked it. Um, it
1: yeah. A good free kick, in fairness to him, really good save. So it's going low as it's getting to the goalie, which is obviously like what you want to do when you're doing an up and over as low as possible by the time he gets to the the goal. Really good save, I think that, and the and to get up as well, you know, and and the collect the ball, then immediately throw it out and start an attack for others. Really big good bit of goalkeeping from Henderson, that.
0: Yeah, it was excellent. I mean, it's, it wasn't like a, one of these free kicks that you see you get, like, clipped to over the wall. He properly no. uh, fizzed it in, Lanzini. Um, yeah, really, really good save. Um, Lanzini had another chance after
1: Egan once again fell over. Yeah. Um, to be fair, that that fault it wasn't just a slip. Like, it were really bad control from him in the first place, which left him in a weird sort of position trying to get the ball back, which is why he slipped. So, yeah. I don't think... I think even if he have scored that, you could have said oh, he's unlucky he slipped. But at the same time, he does he does miscontrol the ball before he slips.
0: Yeah, it, it was oh, it was it was it would have just been an awful goal to concede. Mm-hmm. That. I mean, just uh, <laughs>
1: that were really poor from Lanzini as well, actually.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not a good finish. Is it just some no. well, pretty weak shot into the chest of Henderson. he has got his angles right. But yeah, I, I, I mean that's uh, you know if that goes in, obviously the the goal Liverpool's first goal the other day comes from Ballack mm-hmm. falling over in. Almost the exact same spot of the pitch, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, I do feel like we slip over a few times. I don't know if it's I, just Yeah, I've seen a few people it.
1: say this, and i, I, I do not really noticed it to such a degree. But, yeah, I mean, you can, you can point out, obviously, the ball that was last week and stuff, and obviously Egan, and there were a couple of slips in the game. I think Lundstrom slipped at one point mm. an easy... Fleck definitely slipped at one point. Uh, yeah, get some new boots, lads, because... yeah. <laughs> These ones aren't working for you.
0: I know, but we we dodged a bullet there, got away with that one. Um, Haller had a, a header from Snoggas free kickers, as, as I mentioned, and then the main event. The Main <laughs> the event. We've all been waiting for. How gutted were you at first, by the way? <sighs> uh, I don't know. I've been trying to. I've been trying to think about this, and I, genuinely, I had a little bit of a laugh to myself, just in terms of, and I'm, I'm just talking about the the fact, the fact that they scored here, because I was just like. It was it was kind of disbelief. And then I saw it was Snodgrass, and I was like, Oh, can you can you believe it? You know, it, yeah. I think
1: they also- put three minutes up injury time and I thought that's quite you wow. know, that's not a lot of injury time, is it, really, at the end yeah. of the game. Normally getting especially with VAR and stuff nowadays, you're getting five or six minutes. Yeah. And I thought we, we comfortably saw that out until that bit. If you know, I thought we'd really after that header from Haller... They didn't do anything, West Ham, and I no. really, really, really did feel comfortable. Then it would just bang out an hour. Yeah,
0: we're in in complete control, as you say. And then, yeah, let's just lay out how this goal comes about. I mean, West Ham have a, have a throw in like in their half, and it, it just gets sliced up in the air to, the, to basically the halfway line. Mm. You know, just a, and it, it was a clearance from them. Really, it wasn't like a ball yeah. forward or anything like that. Haller, uh, I don't know. He sort, sort of flicks it on. He it kind of forces us to head it into the middle of the pitch. Rice does really well to sort of power into a challenge with uh, with Egan. He he comes off uh, better for it, I suppose. Egan left on the floor again. Um, good ball to Snodgrass. And, uh, yeah, he kind of slices his shot into the near post, which mm-hmm. I, I think probably uh, fooled Henderson, to be honest. Like, yeah. So you don't see many chances like that go into have I think
1: people criticising for that goal. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I think that's, like you say, it's an unusual shot. Yeah, I was, um, yeah, so that is the net. And I'm, yeah, I, I, I've been angry,
0: I'll put it like that. I think, I think. Yeah, was
1: late and I was just...
0: Yeah, I think, you know, given where we are in the season in terms of, you know, I was, I was then mentally going, uh, oh, that's, you know, that's two points we're not going to get. But yeah, it's 30 points, it's still still pretty good.
1: And, you know. Yeah, it, it certainly would. I didn't feel like it did, like, for instance, the Villa game last season or anything. Yeah. It, it was nowhere near that. It was just that case of, I just thought, how that is really unprofessional. I didn't see that out because you were really poor defending. I don't know what Egan's yeah. doing. Um, I, I yeah, it was just so annoying because they created nothing. I don't think they deserved really an equaliser, certainly not on the last 10 minutes of play. There wasn't able to us or anything like that. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then yeah, well, as soon as I realized, you
0: know, as soon as I saw the number 11, I was like, ah,
1: oh, he's done it again. <laughs> you know, Did where? you realize what was happening straight away because it seemed to be a long time before there was any sort of announcement or anything that no, it was so, going to, I didn't see anything because so it was quite clearly not offside. So I, were, well, I think every it. time we concede the goal now, I think, right, was that offside? You know, try to like yeah. sort of roll back. to And I didn't see anything, obviously, because you wouldn't have, would you?
0: No, well, this is it. I wanted to get you, because obviously you have a different perspective on this because mm-hmm. you're watching on, on the TV rather right yeah. than the ground. And I was thinking like, Please be offside, you know, because obviously it was a through ball. I was just thinking, oh come on, just just bail us out. Please be offside. Um, and I had no real idea. And then it said, yeah, obviously it says VAR checking goal.
1: It would clearly. I mean, obviously when the ball went through, they show you replay straight away. You are like, please be offside. now nah, he's, he's miles onside. Yeah. Then that's it. So you go, you know, slump back into my chair, like. When he goes, oh, it's going to VAR, and I'm like, why? You know, I, even I like, even though it were four us, I was going, there's nothing wrong. Right. It's all quite clearly not offside. It's like possible on ball. What? But as soon as I saw it, get in. <laughs> so did you? Did you think immediately once you yeah, saw that replay? That's the rules. You can't. That is the rules now. We all know that it's it's a rubbish rule. Mm. But I, I think this is the one everyone saying oh VAR winning United's favour and clearly it did. But I don't think West Ham can blame VAR because they got the decision right. It, it's the rule that's ridiculous.
0: Yes, I agree with with all of that. Um, the rule is ridiculous, and it should be changed. I think because and as soon
1: as I saw it, I thought that that yeah, it can't be a goal because it is handballed. It's it's ridiculous. It's harsh, but it, it is handballed. So yeah, and then I was sort of stood stood up with my arms folded, <laughs> think just sort of you can't give this. Stop! Don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. So we, we. I mean, I had no idea that this is it. The, this is why I'd like to ask from your view because I bet it's. Horrible in the ground when that it's, when that happened.
0: It said checking handball, I think. I'm pretty sure it said that. Or possible handball or whatever. But I, you know, I'm and then I'm like mentally rewinding in my head, sort of going well when? I mean it was a pass along the floor and you know, I, I so I had no idea. I was thinking maybe it's something, you know, a couple of, couple of passes back or something, like from the Haller header.
1: What was the atmosphere like? So I, The reason, obviously, I didn't go, so I were working to later, o'clock, so I couldn't make it. And I'm gutted because I'd love to have been there for that moment because I'd like to... I've watched the Shore and View back and, like, mm. the, the, the scenes are incredible after when the when it goes in our favour. Did you have any inkling at all that it were going to be this loud or were you thinking, no, nah, this is going to be another one that goes against us?
0: I, I just assumed it wasn't um, and I think... You know, you could kind of hear everyone else saying that as well around me, like, "Well, there's no way they're overturning." You know, with with no idea of what was even being checked. Yeah, you know. of course, there this was,
1: is well, me obviously I hour of watching on TV, so I, was, I knew straight away. So I didn't get that moment, which brought that that complete shock moment. This is what I mean. Like, I, I imagine it was just a complete shock.
0: Yeah, it, well, it, this is. I want to talk. Uh, I want to talk about this because we we said, a, you know, we said, uh, a, a, well, a few. Mo- I think after the Newcastle game, was like, "What's it going to feel like when one of these goes for us?" and yeah, I guess this is going to be a hypocrite corner, but <laughs> I yeah, tell yeah. You, that was that was celebrated like we'd well like we'd won the game, which we actually had. Um,
1: yeah, it was. It was for me. I mean, even though I knew it, I didn't get that shock element of it. I would I'd punch in the air and you come on. You know? yeah. I went absolutely.
0: Mad. Uh, genuinely like we are just running and scoring. at last minute.
1: I think it makes better. Everything that went, has gone against us this season, the fact it was... I'm not bothered about the, the fact it was West Ham, more the fact that it was the last minute of the game. So it is technically a for winner. two points. that, that yeah. You got two points for that, that one. It wasn't, if it were 60 minutes in, you'd cheer, but it wouldn't be that sort of... Everyone yeah. knew that were it, game out.
0: Yeah, no, you, you bang on there. And I think... You know, I mean, you're right. This is not, a, despite I think the media's attempts, this is not a, a spicy rivalry game. But at the same time, you know, West Ham have just equalised. Snodgrass The fans are a bit mental. Yeah, Snodgrass is know, giving it the ears and yeah. fans, <laughs> fans are running on the pitch. Moyes is on the pitch celebrating. Um, and then, yeah, for it to get disallowed, I mean, yeah, the row is in, incredible. Honestly, like we scored a goal and yeah. it was just. I mean, yeah, I watched that short review video this morning as well and. It just captures it perfectly in terms of everybody's laughing. Like you know, it's yeah. like it's the funniest thing that's happened in a football game since uh, since Mark Duffy stopped the, de- the bouncing, I suppose. And yeah, I, I, f- I felt like that a full time as well when I when I was uh, leaving the ground. Honestly, so many people just smiling and laughing. It was like we. It got made for a better
1: stuff. ending because I don't think it were a great performance from us, and I think we would have won one, one we Would have been sat here saying. Scrap a game, you know, we probably did enough to win, blah, blah, blah. And it had just been another... I think we'll remember that one now because of what happened.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, the the opposition and the fact it was a last-minute thing as well that, you know, would have done us out of two points but ended up being a, a win for us. I mean, I still uh, am absolutely not a fan
1: of the process at all. I
0: think it's just... No, it's rubbish.
1: It's, it's, I'm not going to be an hypocrite in that sense. I, that goal, realistically... I da- it, it's not Declan Rice's fault. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a handball by the the new rules of the game. But I don't know why these rules have been introduced. Just because we've got VAR, you don't have to. What well, I don't understand, I can't get mad around that rule at all. That is not his fault. He's not. I don't think he's even gained an advantage. I don't think he's pushed it forward with his hand. He's going to, you know, he's going to hit his chest or whatever. It's. I, I really, I would not say I felt for West Ham because I didn't. That would be a lie. But uh, yeah. I did sort of. Uh, everyone were complaining Carragher and saying this is ridiculous, and I had to. I you know, not along because it is. I, I wouldn't want to lose a game like that.
0: No, indeed. Um, I mean, it was. Yeah, as you said, the, the, it was. It was the correct decision, but uh, it's a stupid rule. Um, yeah. And we've, you know, we've <laughs> been on the wrong end of it ourselves with the. Uh, Egan's goal at, um, at Brighton getting rolled yeah. out and it sort of brushed his hand as it went in the net so I've so seen yeah. people
1: say why has no one brought that up the Egan goal no one made a big thing about that well we've won the game and it were in the first five minutes or whatever that's the last yeah. minute it's obviously a bigger event
0: yes absolutely um, but I think also it's just the uh, it, it was the disbelief that this had gone in our favour after mm-hmm. everything that's happened this season uh, you know all these weird decisions going against us to to get one like this, I know we had the Basham overturned red card against uh, against Norwich, but as you said, that was that was like uh, you know after an hour or something like that it? whereas it This is this was the game. This was like basically the decision between you only get one point and you know you're you're pretty humiliated. You know the way fans are going, Biswick, that kind of thing, uh, or yeah. three points and everything looks brilliant. And yeah, it, it was just a, a feeling of disbelief that. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd got away with one, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, it was, <laughs> i got to say, it was a fantastic moment. It was uh, It was very, very funny. And, yeah, um, yeah I think i spent the rest of injury time making an obscene gesture at the away end. But there you go. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't run on the pitch. Be,
1: You're for an FA charge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, all right, so you uh, well, you mentioned him there, actually, but uh, I want to we'll talk a little bit about Ollie McBurney, and I don't mean him uh, making gestures at uh, at Cardiff fans yesterday. You, oh, this is, I've I got to say, this is pretty maddening, the uh, attempt by Sky and everyone else to turn this into a story, don't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not bothered at all. Some of our fans are mad about it. I genuinely, I'm, I'm avoiding it, to be honest. I really don't care. If Wilder's bothered about it, fair enough, that's up to him. I'm honest, I couldn't, I can't put into words how much I don't care.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, I just, I find it bizarre that it's, it's, people are trying to make it into a thing, to be
1: honest. I mean, it's the second highest trending uh, story on Sky Sports today, I saw, because I put Sky Sports on this morning. It's such a nothing. I'm trying to think if it were like, I don't know, Danny Ings doing it at Swansea to Cardiff fans, would I care? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) No. I don't know why it's a story for anybody sport had a thing on Alan Brazil this morning, like, oh, should he be in the away and supporting a different team and. I just, uh, n- shut up, really, please, just, no. Nah, not bothered I, at all.
0: I saw that, uh, and the, the tweet with the question, then, like, as a follow-up tweet that says, like, just to be clear, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I'm just why asking are you the asking
1: question. Them? Yeah, why, yeah, why like, are you asking? I've seen off. about four fans who are not happy about it, and that's up to them. I'm not saying my opinion's any better than theirs or anything. Three of them but, are Wednesday fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's such a minority of people that are going to be bothered by it. They're, you know, people, some people might be bothered that, I don't know. mcgoldrie has got a beard, <laughs> be more presentable. You, you won't make a phone call, a, a phone in about it. No, it's really strange. It was, uh, you know,
0: pretty clearly a day off, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really care to be honest. No, as long as, as long as he's not doing something like, I don't know, driving whilst under the influence of alcohol, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty good with it to be honest. But let's talk about what he did on the pitch on Friday, Mr McBurney. And uh, I feel like I've said this a few times recently, and that probably speaks to an improved level of performance, but I think this is his best
1: game for us. I Completely agree. I think he look, he's looking stronger every week. I think he's looking a little bit faster every week in terms of what he's doing. He's not there yet. I still don't think he's, you know, the finished article. I don't think teams are going to be thinking, wow, we need to stop him at Burnies a big, but he's getting better and better, and I thought he would. I'm not that surprised, really. I think he's yeah. a better player as a footballer than many people think. Yeah, Well. well, this is it. I mean... You know,
0: we've said this a few times. hes not—he's not, he's not like a target. He's not like a big lump target man. I mean, he's not no. like um, like Haller, for example. For uh, well, maybe Haller's a bad example. Andy Carroll. Let's go. Let's yeah. go to the other end of the footballing spectrum. hes, he's not. It's not that kind of guy, although although actually he is very good in the air. If you look at the, well, I'll try and pull that up while we're talking, but um, the he's, he's pretty much towards the top of all the kind of aerial win. Yeah, I
1: think he won most aerials on the the day. I think Sky put that up actually. He did, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was really good. I really, I thought in the I've seen some people criticise him in the first half, but I thought he were all right in the first half. To be honest, I thought it was a poor game overall, but I thought he put himself about a bit and he showed a bit of strength and stuff, and he, he was certainly our most dangerous forward player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just looking now, he's uh, seventh in the league for aerial wins behind uh, Haller, Joe Linton, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, strangely enough. But he's it. not played
1: that many, neither, McBurney. so that's a... Uh,
0: that's yeah. true, yeah. he's yeah,
1: good, though, to be fair.
0: Yeah, of players ahead of him, only Dini has played more minutes, and that's not by much there's good effort by Dini but yeah you're right I mean look at Hallows played almost twice as many minutes Joel Linton twice as many Calvert-Lewin's played 400 minutes more so it's good in the air um but yeah, anyway, sorry. Roundabout point, you know, he's not like this target man. He is—he's more of a complete forward. You know, hes, he's this kind of player where he's at Swansea he can dribble, he can create, he can—you know—have a shot from long range, get into good positions himself. And yeah, this—this this to me was the distillation of that. I think in terms of mm. one game, they were. I thought to be honest, it was like a passable McGoldrick impression.
1: I was McGoldrick about to was say, I, I'm not sure how well that partnership works. In the mm. that they both come deep to to get involved in the game. Uh, I'm certainly not writing it off. I don't know. They probably need more time to play together. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think McBurnie played well when Musa came on because he had that sort of McGoldrick role, didn't he? Obviously, Musay with yeah. his forward player. Uh, yeah, it's interesting on that. What you, what you do next? I think we'll with the Arsenal and City games coming really close to each other. I imagine we'll swap around anyway with the forward line. But I would like to see McBurnie and Musay up front. So I don't think it's happened yet. As a start,
0: it, it feels. I mean, it feels like that's the future of. You know, that's probably where we're trying to get to, just in terms mm. of the age of our other strikers. Mm. Um, I guess you could throw Callum Robinson to that as well, I suppose. But yeah, I thought. Um, I mean, yeah, we can probably dovetail these two together. But uh, as good as McBurney was, I thought one of McGoldrick's poorer games. Like, um, yeah. I mean, th- this was really striking to me. Only uh, only eighteen touches of the ball for uh, McGoldrick. Um, compared to 53 for McBurney, which is, mm. I mean, that's a huge disparity. And all right, some of that is those aerial wins, but uh, and McBurney it's played he played 23 more minutes as well. But you know, to have that level of disparity, that's very it's unlike McAldrick
1: as well because he's normally the one involved in it, it comes Absolutely. deep, picks the ball up and stuff. And I think you know, I did it twice in the first half that I remember him coming deep, picking it up and mm. trying to get something going. Um, I'm not, you know, it's just one of them things. I think he's 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 had a couple of games where he's not been quite at it but I can say that about a couple of players for us uh, yeah. that just happens throughout the season I don't think I'm not going to sit here and say oh my, he's been found out you know Yeah, or
0: anything yeah. Like
1: that. I just think it's just I mean it happened even to, to Billy Sharp last season he got 22 goals he scored them fairly early on in the year then he had a couple of quieter games and McGoldrick himself had a couple it happens you know you can't expect mm. him to be 8 or 9 out of 10 every week certainly not no. in the top flight as well
0: Indeed, I and and not to be all uh, clickbait headlining, but I do wonder if maybe we in a month or so we look back at this game as like the beginning of that transition to uh, to to Mm. McBurney playing that kind of role. Um, So yeah, he played an hour, McGoldrick, and only touched the ball eighteen times. As you say, really unusual for him. yeah, McBurney uh, joint most aerial wins on the pitch with with Haller is passing only sixty six percent. But if you look at like where it was on the pitch, it was all in the middle and final third. Um, mm. And he, you know he's popping up on the left, through the middle, on the right as well. He had um, a, couple, a good turn in the first half where he picked it up and ran at the defense and that dummy for the Mousse chance as well. And then I thought this was very noticeable. And again, he's a McGoldrick trait. Um, Three out of six tackles, second most attempted by all players and the second most won as well. So, yeah, stick that one in your pipe, I anybody think who I, thinks it don't work out.
1: Yeah, I am going to say, I think uh, that's the the biggest thing for me, I think, in the past few weeks is his strength. Obviously, we saw it against Brighton with that goal. Hmm. Uh, but I think in the past, we've mentioned it on here, especially against like, Newcastle and stuff, uh, he, he got bars off the ball a bit, didn't he, and sort of bullied yep. out of it. And he has, he's had... That's happened to him a few times, and that's not seem to be happening uh, of late. I don't remember him going down at all against West Ham, for instance. In terms no, of- and uh, he's looking a lot more stronger and a lot more physical.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I sent it you this morning. It was on. Uh, it was on the Athletic, i just want to try and bring it up. But the- he has been quoted McBurney as basically saying, you know, the amount of work that uh, the amount of fitness work that United are putting him through. It says it's not like anything that um, is-, is experienced at any other club um yeah was saying the staff are on us every single day about recovery work uh they have us doing so many things far too many for me for me to mention as we'd be here all night it does my head in to be fair he laughs laughs. i've never known anything like this before in my career um but yeah chef united have always had that side even the boys who haven't passed their medical the gaffer here is one who will take a chance he has confidence in the backup team to get everyone fit so yeah you're right ben
1: osborne said something similar last week i don't know if you saw his interview no, uh, but know. they asked me if he were going to leave or something, and he said, "No, no, he's like, I'm happy to be here, even if it's going to be a, a first frustrating season." He said, "Because I'm fitter than I've ever been because of the the methods mm-hmm. that Sheffield United uses. Just a complete step up from what we used to at Forest. And this is Forest; they're not a you know a, a backwards club or anything. You know, they have obviously got their own. They've probably got more money than us, to be fair. I would have thought <laughs> yes. in, in, behind the scenes and stuff. So, massive, massive shout out to the fitness guys or whatever you want, you want to call them. Uh, yeah, what do you call them nowadays?" performance sports, sports scientists whatever they are yeah. yeah massive shout out to them because it's not a coincidence like we said earlier with the injuries and stuff that is not a coincidence that we're getting such a lack of injuries and it's not a coincidence that we are possibly that you know I imagine that we run more than most other teams in most games
0: yeah it's, it's that balance of um you know intensity but not going to the not going into like the red zone of getting injured so yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a. You know, I'm just describing an easy narrative here, but it does feel like McBurney is definitely benefiting benefiting from that on the pitch. And yeah, uh, yeah long may it continue. Um, Fleck back to normal levels in this game. I thought after uh, an off an off day against Liverpool, though. I actually
1: you know, thought he was really poor first half, Fleck. Oh,
0: okay. I thought, uh, uh, yeah, I've
1: got a little bit of a different uh, angle. I, I thought he was really slow on the ball, like the rest of the players. But I don't think he did any of these sort of trademark runs that he does mm. they were a bit in the, the first half where I can't remember what player it was who took him on really easily and sort of Fleck like were just static and he gave the ball away two or three times but I thought in the second half he was as good as he was as bad in the first half I mean
0: yeah that's fair um, yeah he ends up with the joint most chances created Norwood mm. um, and yeah obviously gets the assist as well and has, uh... Yeah, like,
1: I mean it's one of those it's a cliche but he plays well and we just look far more threatening as a team I think yeah, This is the one midfielder we've got who runs with the ball. Yes.
0: I I think, did he get Sky's man of the match, actually? Which he did. Was, he got Sky's man of the match, yeah. a little bit surprised about it. I thought that was probably... Uh, probably should have gone to McBurney. to be honest. I thought they'd get
1: but... McBurney. they normally just give it to whoever scores. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good point, yeah. Um, we've already talked about Egan's weird, weirdly bad performance. Hopefully yeah. that's just out of the system. But I just thought it was hilarious that... You know, he's just played back-to-back games against Aguero, Sterling, Mane, and Salah, and then it, and look, look, you know, look very solid, and then falls apart against flipping Haller and Declan Rice yeah. and Martin Noble.
1: Well, like yeah. you say, every, like I said, everyone has bad games. He's he's been brilliant, and I I think yeah. that's the worst I've seen him since probably that first half against Chelsea. Uh,
0: yes, that's true. Yeah,
1: we were a bit all over the place then, but also yeah, <laughs> I just think it. What doesn't concern me too much with that is they were quite elementary errors. It wasn't as if he was sort of, you know, making. It, it, there were errors that you, you can't imagine him making again, can you?
0: No, it's, it's the kind of thing that you know if you saw it on if you saw Phil Jones doing it and a yeah a, a yeah Twitter clip, you'd be like, oh my god, what an awful player he looks like. And yeah, so unlike him, very strange. So hopefully out the system. Um, any other players you want to quickly mention?
1: Uh, just I I don't uh, this is negative but I thought Lundgren were poor again yeah Uh, I thought I think since the Brighton away game I think he was poor against Watford poor against Liverpool and this was his third poor game he looked knackered to me whether he is or not obviously I don't know but he looked sort of and they were a bit in the second half which sort of summed up his performance I thought there were no one on him and he was like at the right back spot and he just passed it straight to them in the middle of the uh, field and you're like what what that is just not what he's been playing like is it this season
0: no not all and uh that, that sort of ties into the player I was just going to mention actually I, I wonder if it's time for uh Besic to uh start a game or two in uh in that position because a- another good cameo from him I thought
1: um yeah he re- really good my problem with Besic in terms of replacing Lundstrom is purely the forward runs that Lundstrom give us uh he's mm-hmm. he's that sort of I, Fleck does it obviously as well but I'm not I'm not seeing anything from Bessic yet that suggests he can get into the area and get a goal
0: yeah I suppose so he's not really had the opportunity has he, he had, the, he had no, a good no uh, I'd
1: like to see it I'm not writing him off with that role or anything I just, I've just not seen it myself
0: yeah had a good run and, uh, and pass against Norwich which McGoldrick missed but mm. yeah in terms of that sort of bursting into the box to get on the end of something that Lundström's you know, I know Lundstroman scored for a little while, but he you know, he's had chances, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's from those runs into the box and
1: shots. Even and stuff, so. against West Ham where I thought he was poor, you know, he could have put us one up, couldn't he, in the first half. So
0: Yeah, indeed. Um do you think we should try and sign Besic?
1: I'd personally leave it to end of season. I think it'd be just on the basis of a couple of good cameos, it seems a bit, you know, too much to actually say let's go and sign him. Unless yeah. we've got a loan in mind you know, which is gonna change the season that much, but I don't think it will do because of where we are in the league. I don't think we're gonna be doing any panic loans or anything like that. So I'll leave it till the end of the season. I think if he carries on doing what he's doing, then yeah, yeah, definitely. It seems like a no brainer. But let's just yeah. see first, I think. I mean he's not he's only started one game, are not they? So
0: yeah, true. I like what I see. I got to say, yeah. um, I, I think if we're just talking, I guess if we park the opportunity cost of uh, spending money on him now, I think if he was just available on a free transfer, you know, if it was like a short-term, oh yeah, uh, contract, I think yeah, let's do it because he looks at worst, he looks like a you know a solid kind of squad player to be honest. Who you know yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't have any qualms about starting the odd game. But yeah, as you say, you know, he's our player till the end of the season, so. Why you know you don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. We might end up in you know we might have been the top six or something like that, and then you know, well, suddenly the we're
1: thing of like sort of we, we, it'll be interesting because we're playing Arsenal and City so quick. You imagine we're going to be doing a lot of running in those two games. We're not going to have that much of the ball. I wouldn't have thought. I certainly don't think we're going to have the better possession stats Put it that way. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. I think one of the games we could probably play Lundstrom the other maybe Bessage and just see how that sort of works out. But I personally, I don't know if I play Bessage against Arsenal or City to be honest. Mm, I don't maybe. know which one I'd pick him out if you know what I mean Like of those two games which one I'd, I'd start him in
0: yeah either or really yeah I'm not so sure either um, a, a, a good foul from Bessic I thought in this game it was a brilliant home. foul I love that foul the one he got booked for yeah the one he got booked
1: for yeah, the the got booked on I liked how like a Norwood foul they just pulled his shirt back and that's it but he just banged straight in yeah. if <laughs> like, I'm going to get booked booking. I'm going to get I'll do it for something like that <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely um, but yeah, I, I like what I see out of him, and uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, looks looks a good a good rotation player at the very worst, I think.
1: He um, mental as well, which is good in my eyes. I like, yeah. I like how my, the, the big eyes, you know, like wandering around the pitch. I, I like that <laughs> very
0: much. Though, so. um, anything else to talk about from this West Ham game? I mean, we mentioned David Moyes earlier, but mm. do you think he doesn't know the rules with handball?
1: I don't know if it were just mardy or if he you know just don't know the rules because he went, no it was a perfectly good goal well it weren't you know because yeah. that's why it got disallowed <laughs> it,
0: I, I can not work out if he just didn't understand the rules or if he was trying to make a case that like because it was a, a good as in an aesthetically good
1: goal it should have been given it should have been given which is yeah I don't know I, I, think, I mean I'm nothing against Moyes or anything like that I've never but I don't think we've come up against him have we for many years, I want have thought Oof. blimey uh... like when you were at Preston I would have thought
0: yeah we wouldn't I mean unless we play oh sorry
1: under Everton under
0: Warnock no he wasn't oh he would have been the manager there but flipping out what was that like
1: 14 years ago yeah 13 years ago Um, I've not really seen him after I don't really follow David Moyes career funnily enough like I don't watch (laughs) his interviews after the matches really and stuff like that but yeah disappointing from him I thought I mean it must it's easy for me to sit here and say that he's a manager of a team who's just been disallowed a goal after he's gone mad so mm. it must that, have been a, I'd like to see what he says now I'd like to you know now everything's settled what he thinks about it because yeah I thought it are a poor interview from him to be fair
0: just bizarre I mean you know he said I don't know you can stand there and say that they've played well and they deserved at least a point from the game but then yeah to kind of keep keep mm. sort of pushing this thing of like well it shouldn't have been disallowed well no, you can say the rule, which which Rice did, I think, didn't he? He said, you know, the rule's kind of
1: stupid. and I thought we were going to start crying at one point, Declan Rice, to be honest. I really did. I felt, I felt sorry for him, actually. I thought, all right, you don't want to... <laughs> uh,
0: should, should we sign Robert Snodgrass is the other question? Just and just so he doesn't have to play against
1: us. No, I don't think he's actually that good. I think he's just amazing against us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> should maybe look at like a season long loan, like you know next season if we've uh, if we only loan one player from a British club.
1: Yeah, get Snodgrass in. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? As a squad player, yeah, maybe, but I'd re- realistically no, I'd be quite. He's spot thirty one, thirty two now as well, isn't he? So, yeah. um, no, I don't think he's. Uh, I think I'd, unless. It's probably amazing in training scoring against our players, but <laughs> whether he can actually do it when he actually plays for us, I'm not sure. Yeah, indeed. Um so that was it then. A one 0 win over West Ham, which
0: uh, yeah, doesn't really doesn't really tell the full story and our, our first proper taste of VAR going in our favour. Um yeah, let's let's just bin off VAR. But that was it was a funny moment, I gotta say. I think that's I think that's my overall summary of of that experience. Is it was just hilarious, you know. Yeah. The last minute West Ham, a game that we absolutely should have won, uh, and almost you know, kind of out of nowhere threw away to to win it that way was was hilarious. And yeah, as I said, the the kind of reactions from everyone as I was leaving the ground, it was it was as though we'd just clinched promotion or something. You know, everybody <laughs> just beaming from ear to ear. So yeah, very enjoyable indeed. All right, let's uh, let's give our alternative man of the match awards then if you're ready. Yeah, completely, yeah. Nice one. Right, brought to you by the Den Blades fanzine. This is, uh, yeah, we, we try and basically find somebody that doesn't get the attention that they deserve With uh, when it comes to you know get, getting some uh, respect and, and praise for what they've done uh, in this match or in this week. And it is brought to you by the Den Blades fanzine. Who who do you want to nominate this week?
1: There's a lot of nominations this week. I could go mm. Prince Abdullah for the, the contract thing. I could go Chris Wilder and Alan Nil for signing it. And I could go for my Columbia shirt. For uh, I had it on, and it was the final straw for it, and we won. So you know, oh, pressure yeah. was on, and the uh, and it came off. But I'm going to go Richard Stearman. Oh, go on then. Uh, I just think that I mean, what a for someone to play as little as he has really for us in the past two seasons, uh, and to have such a hero sort of status. And this was before the mad drinking thing that he did as well. <laughs> I think everyone were delighted when he came on and scored against the. Uh, at Middlesbrough last season. I think mm. you know that's just he sums up everything that's amazing about the, the United at the moment. Didn't play much, but didn't moan. Got on with it. Professional. Always tweeting about United. Always saying, mm. you know, it must have been hard for him. He weren't involved at all. He's not played a minute this season in 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 the league. And he wrote after every game, he's like, great win for the lads today, or buzzing for United. Proper professional. Really good guy. I think he'll be welcome back anytime uh, back at Brown Lion.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we could talk about him in a bit more detail here, actually. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, contract terminated and uh, joins um, Huddersfield immediately mm. uh, on a free transfer. So, you know, obviously, the, the club have made that happen. And I think, yeah, I mean, more more broadly, I mean, it, it just sort of says everything about where we've been as a as a squad and a team the last few years. That I, I genuinely am, like, elated when these fringe players are getting moves. And, and mm. you know, th- this to me, I was like... I, it, because, yeah, I think I saw this in the pub as well before the match and, and was like, oh, you know, that's great. Well, you know, what great news. I'm so happy for him that he's going to go and, and play football somewhere else, which is a complete contrast to about four or five years ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I know. know. You couldn't wait to get rid of him, could you?
0: <laughs> no, exactly. But, yeah, you're right. It was, uh, yeah, big personality off the pitch. He's, I think his um, uh, drinking exploits, celebrating promotion, will just. Will we'll, in, a, in a Twitter age will live forever, to be honest. Um, yeah, absolutely <laughs> unreal scenes and uh, yeah, getting Stearman entering the uh, the local lingo. I mean, he really should have a leaving party, I think. He should, although maybe uh, maybe he needs to save it for the end of the season.
1: Probably yeah, not. Yeah, I'm gonna say, we'll just feel, might not be happy about seeing him. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I still can't work out whether he's a, a really big drinker or he's just never drank before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he's certainly he's uh, certainly drank now, but yeah, 50 games for the Blades, four goals. As you say, that uh, I think probably that highlight moment is his Middlesbrough last season. Yeah. You know, yeah, I agree because uh, we just caught, I can't remember. What it, oh, it was after the Villa game, wasn't it? We just lost to Villa, uh, drawn the Villa game away, and he
1: was a sub on that game as well. He came on as a sub, so he didn't even start yep. because we had another injury. And I remember yes. thinking. Because we didn't know much about Craney at that point as well. So we had like Craney and Steerman at the back. And, thinking, and no O'Connell either. Stevens no O'Connell-like game. Uh, I think Stevens were playing centre-half for the first time as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, um, you know, again, it just showed you last season with the likes of Craney and Steerman, just how important they were to get us over the line. And I think it must be really difficult. I really like what Osborne's saying in a similar situation at the moment. Every time I've seen him mm-hmm. in an interview and the tweets he makes and things, I think he seems like a really good professional as well
0: yeah for sure it's uh, it's a great shout it's um, you know like I said I'm, I'm glad he's got a move because he's I mean he's well down the pecking order for us um, and you've got to think we will probably sign some more defensive cover as well yeah, in the next yeah. if not in this transfer window then in the next one because obviously Jagielka's not a uh, not spring chicken anymore and we're, we're not super deep there but I guess with uh, with Rodwell coming in as well that probably bumps him down the, yeah.
1: uh, the line you could get in the team against uh, Fylde could I so uh it, it's that sort of suggested that he was you know if you can't get in FA cup teams <laughs> then you're gonna you if they got much chance even Keane Bryan gets a game so
0: Terry. <laughs> you know, uh yeah, maybe we were keeping him from getting uh getting cup tied how did i did feel getting on the older. Uh, he RFA actually
1: did cup. get one as a sub though where it's the, oh, uh, yes, the did, last minute it, yeah. so
0: i know this field they're out of the cup anyway so yeah Maybe that's why we brought him on.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, farewell.
0: Um, Good shout, that one. Very good nomination. Um, I've got a bit left field this week uh, with my alternative man of the match, and uh, I want to nominate you. Wow. (laughs) For your... I mean, I I just think you you had a hard week, I think, in terms of uh, Roy's view from, because you had to get a pre- and post-match view from filed, which you managed to do, which is an incredible effort, because, I mean... how uh, how active is uh, is filed Twitter and filed forums? Is there a lot of a uh, lot of chat about that team?
1: Uh, funnily enough, no. It were, it were the pre match. The post match weren't as bad because there were a couple of people talking about the game. But the pre match is the hardest one I've ever had to do, and that includes staying up on a Facebook page on Yovels like at two AM. Like I, I always go back to that. Were harder. That was so difficult. Um, I would just they were absolutely unreal how light like, sort of i would just search. i joined a, a filed facebook group um to try and get a couple of comments from there which i, I did manage to get a couple from but yeah so yeah oh. it's a, you better it's read facebook... it everyone anyway <laughs> <laughs>
0: is your facebook ban expired then or have you got a burner account or something you are, sorry. Has your Facebook uh, Facebook ban expired? Oh, no, my Facebook
1: on... ban is only on my phone. I got banned. I don't really want to say why I got banned. Yeah, let's, let's not talk yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> it it it's not as bad as it seems. It's not nothing horrific, but a misunderstanding, shall we say. Um, but I managed to do it on uh, on my laptop. Only, my, it's just the device that's been banned for some reason. Very strange indeed. So, but not only did you pull that one out the, of out the fire
0: with uh, with filed, um the the cup drawer then throws up Millwall away and uh Mill, well, Millwall basically don't have a forum, do they? Or it was shut down due to the, their the, uh,
1: Yeah, the forum was shut down last year due to um questionable. Racism? Yeah. Well yeah, you've said it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it got shut down. Uh but it's re- they've got a new one that's reopened, I found. Uh so I would yeah, delight I'm like, Oh, not Millwall. They've not even got a forum and I a... put Yes, they've got a forum, and um, it's very similar to the old one. To be honest, I <laughs> don't know how long it's going to last. Let's just put it that way. Oh
0: dear! But yes, I, I did. Uh, I did feel for you, and then of course we're being linked with um, plenty of uh, plenty of footballers with foreign-sounding names as well. So it's, uh, it's been
1: a tough, it... tough week, yeah. And then obviously I did the uh, Joe Dot Co UK thing, and oh, people yeah. seem really disappointed that I don't wear NHS glasses and I don't look like Stato from Fantasy Football. So. Yeah, get a lot of stick for uh, for my lack of hair as well.
0: You did get a lot of you. St- you got a lot of un- an unnecessarily large amount of stick, I thought, for that video, which I thought was excellent. And
1: uh, yeah, yeah, people, people just you don't look like you're supposed to. Well, sorry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it did occur to me like. What a strange thing that is to say to someone. Like, yeah, no,
1: but you, my, you mate says, my mate always says that I look like Alan Shearer if Alan Shearer took a few wrong turns. So uh, I'll take that. <laughs> I've had worse than that. So yeah. Yeah, But yes, uh, uh, an interesting, eventful week for you,
0: I thought. So very, I, I want...
1: very eventful, yeah. My, twi- I... my, my tweets were going off and everyone were just saying, oh, my God, look how look Roy looks like this. He doesn't look like that. Like, well, I, I don't know what to say. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. Someone said I thought they were about because I thought you were about 20, 21. I was like well how do I talk about the team of the decade and it'd be like 10. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Just have to uh, have to make it up, I suppose. Um, but yeah, you're my nominee. I'll give you the casting vote here. Do you want to do you want to vote for yourself or do you want to vote for Richard Stearman? I'm gonna
1: go. I think Richard Steeman deserves it more than me, just for getting yeah, a few views from file. To be fair. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go Richard Steeman. I can't go. I'm not. I'm not egotistical enough to uh, go for, my, for myself. I'm afraid.
0: <laughs> That's very, very noble of you. All right, Steeman departs for Huddersfield, but with one last one last award to his name. Uh, he is the alternative man of the match for this week. So yeah, this is brought to you by DenBlade's fanzine, sponsor of this podcast. You can get every edition of the fanzine delivered to your door this year in 2020 with their season ticket. That is uh, four editions of the fanzine, plus stickers and badges. And uh, yeah, it's available from Demblades.co.uk, and uh, strongly recommend checking it out if you've Somehow not got a copy before. It is absolutely worth your time. All right, mate. It's talking have you seen time. Gary
1: Neville's tweet about McBurney? By the way, I've just I've just I've just gone to Twitter. I have not enlighten me. He said, um, "McBurney, this is a disgrace. The lad has done the most normal thing I've ever seen from a footballer in a long time. He goes on to support his team in his pictured film, and he ends up with this. And he's basically tweeted Sky Sports saying and mm. um, talk about the obscene gesture, which I think is pretty good from uh, Gary Neville because obviously he works for Sky, don't I? <laughs>
0: Yeah, he does. He's uh, Well, he's not afraid to speak his mind, does he? Had he's a... very,
1: very, certainly not. No, he's had a go at the Prime Minister.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he, he had a go at... Um, uh, I think it was in the Manchester Derby when he was that Man City fan, um, the racist gesture at yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. one of the City players. and he, Yeah, basically, uh, Sky were like, oh, Gary Neville's views are not reflective of Sky. And so he was like, well, do you disagree with me? That's really yeah, weird. Yeah, but, yeah,
1: that was brilliant, that, absolutely. I do like him and... I... I got a, apparently got a bit of criticism from certain people, him and Carragher for talking about the the VAR decision rather than, you know, our our performance or whatever. But it's, it's the, that's the big story of the day, isn't it? You can't be you know, it's only now, the same as when Tottenham we do you know, the Lundström thing against Tottenham, it's only the same as that or City. Indeed.
0: Uh and yeah, we we probably spent fifty minutes talking about it ourselves. So yeah. Right, let's uh let's wrap up just very quickly. Uh Arsenal next and then Man City after that. Um have you seen much of Arsenal since Arteta took over?
1: I I don't think I've seen them once. I'll tell a lie. Some against Leeds, um, and that that's the only time I've seen them since he's taken over, I believe.
0: So I uh, I've seen them a few times. I think they've I think they're starting to figure it out. Arteta has done the um, the revolutionary thing of playing uh, his senior players in their right positions and wow m-
1: and making them work hard, um, which they weren't doing before. Um but the thing with this, I always think with Arsenal and stuff like this, though, is, uh, as, as, and man, you were the same when Solshaw first came in. Is can they keep that up for? You know, is it, can Ozil, for instance, just suddenly turn into this sort of hardworking midfielder for for the rest yeah. of his career? So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's been a good positive start for him, but at the same time, it's a bad time to play him. There's not getting away from that. In the sense that new manager, he's still got that bit of a high. And everything, but uh, yeah, I'm still not co- totally convinced that that's going to make much difference in the long term, unless they buy some better players, basically. Yeah,
0: um, and also, uh, you know, that that game against Leeds, I mean, Leeds really tore into him in the first half, and
1: just yeah. classic Leeds, weren't it? All over him, run out tour. of steam. Yeah, run out of steam, lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that you know, that's I, I look at Leeds and they're. I think there's a lot of similarities between how they play and how we play in terms of, you know, swarming the ball, getting men, men pouring forward from unusual positions. So that was encouraging in that first half. And also against Palace, you know, they... They did do, uh, you know, they, they were they were good in that game, but they had one shot in the first half, Arsenal, which against Palace is is not great, and they only managed seven in the entire game. And then, obviously, Abamyan gets sent off as well, so he's going to uh, he's going to miss the game against
1: us. That's, um, that's good news. And obviously, Palace—they're another one with their horrendous injury list, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't a full strength Palace or anything like that. I think they've been playing pretty poorly recently. So yeah,
0: so a game that uh, it'd be. Uh, I'm much less confident about getting something from this than I was in the game at Bramall Lane and that's not just because we're away instead of at home it's just I don't know from what I've seen of Arsenal there's some shoots there of uh, of improvement I think I'd rather um, have played
1: them under Emery don't get me wrong I, I would mm. have loved to have seen his go up against them away from home uh, with the you know with the, the, the negativity of the crowd and all that as well uh, I think it's going to be a really tough we'll, we'll have done well won't we, to get a point let's like, be honest it's still Arsenal at the end of the day it's still a good side
0: yeah, but, um, you know, one I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah. you know, as you say, I optimistically think we can get something out of I mean, Are still- I really...
1: Sorry, sorry.
0: Uh, no, it's, it's... Go, on, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, that this is the thing with that win against West Ham, is that um, the, the the next two where we're expected to lose, the pressure is almost completely off now, isn't it? I'm not seeing the free hits or anything, but you can actually enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I don't um, genuinely... I don't I don't think there's a game left on our fixture list where I think we have no chance of getting something out of because I think we can get something out of Man City. I know they just did Villa 6-1 yesterday.
1: Yeah.
0: But the way we played against them at the Etihad, you know, I think that I think we could do that again. I'm not saying we will by any means and you know, City uh, as you've said several times, you know, they're the kind of team that just just keep pounding basically, don't they? You know, if they're 4-0 up at half time, they want to make it 5, 6, 7. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So it could happen, but um it, it would surprise me if we if we had the same capitulation that Villa had, that would surprise me. I don't um, want to attempt
1: favour. I think it is possible the last side that can do that to us. Maybe Manu if they're on fire like they did against Norwich, but that's it for me, I think. The, the last team we can really make a fool of you.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, every other game, I mean, genuinely every game now, I think we can go into thinking we can get something out of, you know, including uh, Manu away, Leicester away. I yeah. Mean, yeah, Leicester on a little bit of a slide at the minute, anyway. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a time to be looking at uh, if not up the table and certainly around where we are at in the table, I think. And uh, yeah, roll on, uh, roll on, Arsenal. Saturday and Man City
1: on Tuesday. Yeah, that's it. I mean, get these two out of the way as well, as as we've said. And I think you're looking at... I think we've got a... It's not an easy run. Nothing's an easy run. But you go back to games that you're thinking, yeah, you know, Palace away, Bournemouth at home. It goes back to sort of a normal schedule rather than Liverpool-Man City. Because it seems other than the West Ham game, the games are coming up. What we've just been playing and stuff, and the ones about coming up, we did earmark this month out to be... Yes. I did say if we were... The first part of the thing, pre-season, I said... If we were all within three points of safety by the end of that month, I think we'll stay up. And we, yeah, unfortunately, or, yeah,
0: for, unfortunately we're we're not within three points. Of we're not.
1: We're not. No, we're eleven points <laughs> clear. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I remember saying um, if we get through these one, two, three, four, five, if we get through these five games with more than zero points. This was at the start of the season. Mm. Then I think that'll be a good result. And yeah, um, yeah we've got uh, we've got at least three. Uh, and we've probably played the two hardest ones, being City away and Liverpool away. So, yeah. good stuff, good times indeed. And uh, yeah, on we go. Right, mate. Anything? Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to mention?
1: No, I think that's it. I think we've covered it. Uh, looking forward to the next two games. To be fair, it's gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing having City come to Bramall Lane. Uh, mm. Not in not in a not in a total like bring it on way, but yeah, I, you know, I, I do genuinely think they are a ridiculously good team. They're not they're not going to win the league this year, but yeah, it'll be. Uh, It'll be a good one to see Pep versus Wilder round yeah. two, I think, and let's hope uh, they were excellent we've...
1: yesterday as well. Uh, I mean, I know Villa were awful, but yeah, I, I enjoyed watching Man City yesterday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, might, that might be because I'm not. Yeah, I want Villa to lose, but <laughs> oh dear. Well, yeah, I suggest
0: they don't. Um... I mean, this is the thing: we're not going to. Uh... You know, we're not going to be starting Ravel Morrison in midfield or Jack Rodwell in midfield, which is basically the equivalent of what uh, Villa did yesterday with Danny Drinkwater. He's played like 59 minutes in two years or something like so that. So
1: stupid just... of a decision, that. I can't get my that... head around it. I mean, they played with no forwards as well, which I know they've got mm. injuries. Well, they've got one injury, basically, Wesley. Yeah. Just put Codger on and, you know, just sort of give them something to think about or worry about. I think we're awfully tactically from Villa that...
0: Yeah, old codger Yeah, um, yeah it's defi- <laughs> Definitely on Smith more than Drinkwater I think that um, Yeah, pretty it,
1: completely We're quite obvious when Drinkwater was starting you're like whoa, hang on this is Man City You sort of understand yeah. it if he's up against you know a, a, should we say a normal midfield <laughs> running around after De Bruyne and Silver, you know he's, <clears> he's, he's a tough ass for anyone let alone someone who's not played for two seasons or whatever
0: Indeed. Good luck with that. Right mate, let's uh, let's finish up there then. So uh, where can people where can people go and check out the view from
1: filed which the view everybody... from Fylde is uh, from first uh, dot... Is it dot co dot uk? I always forget. I think it's com mate. Is it com? <laughs> yeah, it's com. I've just looked, yeah, it's dot com, roy's or at panchero on Twitter. Where they will also be able to see your uh, your video for. Um, say, mate, yeah, yeah, you can all yeah. slag me off for having no uh. air. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I hope people don't do that anymore. It's very <laughs> very mean of them because yeah, I'd re- I'd retweeted it and then I always ended up being tagged in loads of the mentions like as <laughs> well. I felt I felt bad that I'd tried to, you know, introduce your great work to the world yeah, even more been, than um, your own Twitter account.
1: Pressed all weekend saying, "Oh, my brother thinks I'm horrible," uh, but yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> It is weird, though, when you listen to someone, like, on a radio and stuff, and then you see him, you, you know, I do know the, the realistically, like, what people are saying, because you're like, you know, I, I didn't expect him to look like that, you know. Th- there were once this, I can't remember what DJ it was, were a DJ on, and I used to have this guy, like, I've, same as what people think of me, I think, like, I, this, like, spectacled guy, you know, like, quite a geeky-looking guy, and it turned out to be, like, this, this black guy with dreadlocks. So, <laughs> <laughs> I really can't remember
0: what it was now, but I'm like, alright, oh, right, he looks like that. Nice. I say, like Steve, Steve Lamarck I always used to think was like uh, going to be this like really suave looking gentleman, and then yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, in person, he's like. Five foot tall, and uh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to insult Steve Mark actually. Really. <laughs> so I'll, I'm just going to end this podcast there. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can fill in the blanks for yourself, right, mate? Uh, thanks as always. Great, another great win for the Blades. Yet another win. I mean, what are we are now? Eight wins, two more, and we're absolutely fine at dandy aren't we? But yeah, so I have eight wins by the 11th of 10th of January, I yeah.
1: Do you know what I'm really looking forward to? If if we are pretty much safe, would you expect us? The, those last few games of really enjoying it? You know, really sort of. I'd like I'd like to be safe and be playing a team in a relegation battle. If that makes sense, without mm. pressure on, just to be involved in what's a massive game for another side.
0: So yeah, just quickly, I know we've got Southampton last game and they're they're going to be safe, aren't they? But we've got uh, yeah. I mean, we don't. Yeah, unlikely. We don't play anyone who's. Burnley's the fifth from last fixture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody else is kind of stacked in this. Well, next I think the, the,
1: the next two home games after the City game, uh, we've obviously got Brighton and Bournemouth at home. And then we've got yep. Norwich, the one after that. So that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could feasibly be uh, mathematically safe not, not too long after that, I suppose. God, I feel like I'm tempting fate now. Safe
1: actually. by February, by madness.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose you will not be mathematically safe, would you? But, no, yeah, no, 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 it, no. no it, but... In terms of it, would be a record amount of points to, that the team got relegated on. There's going to be people listening to this going, Stop talking. I know.
1: Your... Yeah, I'll be one of them, to be honest. Looking back. <laughs> I always do it with Keith Edwards, like I said. I'm always like, Shut up. What? <laughs>
0: Oh, well. No, I think we're going to be absolutely fine. And this was uh, a a very... uh, I mean, it it definitely wasn't revenge for what happened um, with us getting relegated from the Premier League. But I think it just made it that 5% funnier, didn't it? Yeah, What happened at the end of this game. And, uh, yeah, I'll I'll probably go back and watch the Shore and View video a few more times. Yeah. Just the last few minutes anyway, because it was was very, very funny indeed. (laughs) Nice one, buddy. I will talk to you later. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks to Andrew, thanks to you for listening. Thanks to the Demblades fanzine for being a sponsor, and thanks also to Beer52.com, who are also one of the sponsors of Blades Pod. Now, if you're like me, football and a few beers go together very nicely. Beer52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to Blades Pod subscribers. All you need to do is head to Beer52.com/slash Bladespod. Sign up and cover the £4.95 for postage and they will send you a case of eight free beers. And not just any beers, they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer. They're on a mission to find the best beers out there and deliver it to their members each and every month. Beer52 do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today and get your free case of craft beer. Get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer Then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod.